This is Pulse 95. You're listening to the Halftime Show Podcast. Oh, he loves the pilot. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Alduri on Pulse 95. Nice strike! Oh, better than nice! Wonderful! <laughs> It sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Dury. I am your host covering everything sport, international and local. Hope you're having a blessed day wherever you're tuned in around the world, whether it's 95FM, Pulse95Radio.com, our app, Charger Broadcasting Authority, or even if you're watching us live on the YouTube and you prefer a visual, we are here. And I'm so excited because on the show today, we've got someone that can talk to you about what happens to an athlete's career when they're done. What's the next step? Where's their mind at? Stefan Muller is on the show today. And he's going to be answering all your questions on the Halftime Show. Thank you for everyone who's tuned in. Hatem, Spicy, Hassan, S.A., uh, Terry, Lulu, and of course, our very own UAE national boxer, Fahima, is here with us on the Instagram Live at Omar Duri. Now, here's, here's something for you guys to think about. A lot goes on in an athlete's career, but one of the most intriguing things is what happens after their playing career is over. So we're going to talk to Stefan about the athletes he manages and how he helps guide them in the right direction. We talk about mental health, investing in ourselves, and how we take things to another level when it comes to managing expectations. So there's enough for you to, to chew over. Go grab yourself some tea, get yourself some water. I'm going to play one of my favorite DJ's tracks coming up next. Danny Neville featuring T-Pen and Happy Next Day. Enjoy, and I'll be right back after this. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. On Pulse 90, 95. 95. Oh, he loves the pilot. What a goal. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri on Pulse 95. Nice strike. Oh, better than nice. Wonderful. Uh, let's get ready to rumble. Yep, we are back. Shout out to everyone who is tuned in. And we've got a great guest in the building today. Stefan Muller is here. Gracing us with his presence. We've got to give a couple of shout outs. First, let's say shout out to Thea, Hatem, um, Fahima. We've got Lauren, the little fire herself, Fahad, and Rana as well. Thank you very much for tuning in. But I'm going to introduce our very own Stefan Muller. What's up, Stefan? What's up, Omar? Thanks for having me. How you doing? Very, very good. Very good. Pleased to be here. It's great to have you here, my man. Now, listen, I know this is going to be interesting because you do a lot of great things my man do a lot of great things can you tell us what do you do exactly so from a business standpoint what i want to talk about today is what i do with athletes yes what we my partners and i do with athletes and yeah. essentially we look at taking care of athletes during and after their careers mm-hmm. right and we work predominantly with world-class football players yeah and football's right up your alley so it's perfect that this conversation is happening <laughs> yeah um we know that you know big football stars that are thriving during their careers from a financial standpoint mm-hmm. might not be thriving when they finish up mm-hmm. and, and one of the reasons is you know they don't look after their finances they're not educated to do so uh, they might not be surrounded by the right people and by the right people I don't mean uh, people that harm them but not necessarily the right people in terms of help them no- grow. yeah you know from a knowledge standpoint yes like yes. how do you help athletes 
invest their money? Mm. How do you help them work with the right brands? How do you help them build businesses? Right. And this is sort of what we help them do mm. during their careers and then setting them up for the time when they retire. What does an athlete do off the sport? So, I mean, it really, so athlete would be a very broad term. Like right. in football, for instance. So let's say football. Yeah, and, and you'll know this. Mm-hmm. When you're a football player, professional football player, when you retire, mm-hmm. you'll become a coach, a trainer, uh, you become a presenter, something along those lines, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, what happens then is when you look at from a financial standpoint, you're now making one twentieth of what you were making as a football player. Right. Yet you want to sort of live the same lifestyle that you've been living for the last 10 years. Talk to me about figures. Let's say, what kind of figures are these footballers making? So you have, there's a difference between salary and then there's the, and then there's the, the brand nice. deals that they've got going on. Right. Um, it ranges, man. Like it's, it's anywhere from $8 million a year, $20 million a year. Was. Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, but it's not always enough. It's not enough if you don't know how to use it or how to spend it or how to invest it. Right. Which is why there's a very large percentage of players that go bankrupt by the age of 40, 45. That's and, that, crazy. and that's what we want to avoid. Yeah. You know, it sounds crazy to us, but our lifestyle is very different than the lifestyle oh, of the, yeah. you know, oh, yeah. top player. What, what kind of things are they exposed to to be spending all this money? So one would be sort of where they start off, mm-hmm. right? If you come from humble beginnings and from Africa or South America or whatever yeah. it is, and you come sort of from, you go from zero to hero, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden you have to take care of your family, and and now you're exposed to your teammates that are driving Ferraris and have big houses and mm-hmm. this and that, and you kind of want to get on that level. You get on that level, yeah, and, and you get on that level, and, and it never sort of stops. Um, is that some sort of pressure that they're under to live that kind of lifestyle? I think so. Yeah, interesting. Like for you know, when I think when you when you spoke about players and humble beginnings, for some reason one of the players that came to my mind was Sadio Mane of Liverpool, of Mane, uh, of Mali, and just the way he is and the way he's he's quite grounded, but at the same time he's earning money, and he yet you don't see him in a Ferrari or a Lamborghini true is that a unique case or no I think there are quite a few cases like that mm. I think there are quite a few cases like that like when you have that humility sort of built within you and, and, and you're okay with having the simple things in life yeah uh, there's there's a runner Elliot Kipchoge who basically run who broke the world record uh, yeah. in, in the marathon he still lives in the same place he used to live okay and he runs on the same track he used to run in in Kenya wow and, and okay. nothing really changed but you know he can afford anything he wants in the world yeah so i think it just depends on the mindset and and how that sways once you've quote unquote made it yeah well you know it's it's really interesting you say that and and i'm going to touch on mindset in the second segment but just before we, we we take it into the break um do you think that the footballers now are educated a lot differently on, you know, uh, investing and on, on looking after themselves after the sport from a younger age? Or has that changed over the last, let's say, five, ten years? Frankly, I think in football it hasn't really changed. Mm. Like if you look at if you look at sports in the US, for instance, the NBA and the NFL, now when you come into those leagues, you are provided with someone who is going to teach you about how to take care of your finances, how to work with brands, how to do X, Y, and Z. In mm-hmm. football, that's still a bit unregulated. And that's where we come in. Like yeah. we basically want to help them um, with these components. Nice. All right. Well, coming up after the Adan prayer, after Asar prayer, we're gonna talk more about mindset. I want to. I want to pick this guy's brain. He's, he's a genius. Here's the Adan prayer. This is the halftime show with Omar Adouri.
he loves the fire then. What a goal! This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adori on Pulse95. Nice strike! Back. Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. Very interesting that you know to have this platform to be able to raise so many different topics, and you know, people from different backgrounds add their flavors to the show, and that's why I'm really happy that Stefan Muller is here on the show with me today. Thank you, Stefan, for coming on, man. Pleased to be here. Pleased to be here, Stefan. You know, there's um, there's a few things I want to I want to touch your brain on when, when it comes down to where do athletes go once they're done with their career. We kind of touched on that a little bit beforehand. But when they're starting their career, you know, if we look at some of the young superstars all around the world, you know, I can think of, oh man, Ansu Fati's, the Kylian Mbappe's, the, you know, you name them. They're so, um, Haaland from Dortmund, all these players. Do the clubs uh, educate them or teach them on how to manage their profile, how to invest, how to do things? How does that go about? Yeah, what, what's happening increasingly in that part of the world when it comes to the younger up-and-coming stars, and I don't think it even needs to be superstars. I think it's just like players that show t- tremendous potential. Mm. They're increasingly protected by the clubs. And the way that that's done is limiting exposure to media as much as they can Mm. um, helping them sort of navigate through you know what fame looks like and uh, and sort of the exposure on social media these sort of things so I think what they start doing is is limiting that Mm -hmm. and at the same time providing them with resources in order to deal with it effectively so that could be like sports psychologists for instance okay and these are things that like Previously, players never had. Hmm. But I had an interesting conversation with with a friend of mine, Edgar Davids, Dutch, right. uh, Dutch uh, legend. What a player! And what he was saying, he's like, when it comes to fame, mm-hmm. right, player fame. Yeah. He's like, back in my day, which was for whoever's listening who doesn't know him, that was '90s, 2000s. Mm-hmm. He was like, the only way to become famous is on the newspaper, making it in the newspaper or obviously on TV. Yeah. Now you can forge fame, right? Like you become famous on Instagram, you become famous on social media, on Twitter, on whatever yeah. else. And uh, and that comes with its own sort of psychological challenge that, right. that wasn't there before. So if we looked at a player like, let's say, Ansu Fati from Barcelona, how do they control what he puts on social media or, or what kind of information he relays out? Because he's probably one of the quiet ones that we know of is that because they've they've kind of educated him early on because he's what he's 18 now he just turned 18 last week okay he okay. just turned 18 last week and yeah he is very quiet on social media also I mean then it comes down to personality yeah, right like yeah. you have someone like Kylian Mbappe who's a bit more present and a bit more out there Barcelona can't control what he posts and how he posts it but okay. he has people around him and like he he is smart enough and so are the other superstars now to make sure they surround themselves with people that that are there to for their benefit right right Uh, again for me having obviously watched what you do from afar and, and, and been a big fan of what you do when you see you know the mental side of this game now when it comes to these young athletes how do they take all this information on and stay grounded with all the exposure that they have? Everyone knows their name. If Ansu Fati or if Kylian Mbappe, obviously Kylian Mbappe is on front of FIFA right now, but if Ansu Fati walked down the road, people would start to recognize him from this early on. How do they cope with it mentally? What's funny is that a lot of these guys are 
they, they don't really want they, they don't really want that fame mm. they just want to play football right like that's all they want to do they just they just want to play football and so for a lot of them what you see is they just want they miss the simple things in life mm. right like they miss walking in the park going to the going to the grocery store playing with their friends having a, having a meal or whatever and and unfortunately the reality is they can't right mm. if you go for instance if you went with Antofati for for lunch you would barely have a minute of conversation with him just because 24/7 people will come in but this is where the clubs come in this is where the clubs come in this is where uh, the people around them come in and help them sort of educate educate them and provide them with guidelines etc in order how to deal with situations like that effectively mm. and they're doing they're doing very well at that like you don't really see young players suffering from issues with fame or with exposure at yeah. this point yeah and and maybe even the lack of it as well so most of the time like what you said that's the way forward the way is to just head down on football but sometimes when the careers are cut short for example the unfortunate circumstances that happened with the Manchester City player who you know who, who took his life away um, recently having been released from Manchester City these are the other sides of the game that maybe now we're only talking about because it's reached a point where we have to how come it's taken so long for athletes to be able to talk about mental health I think it's because it's more prevalent than ever. I mean, the concern around dealing effectively with mental health as an athlete and as a non-athlete. I mean, let's take you and I, for example. Yeah. Like, these are conversations that don't often come up, whether it's between friends, whether it's as an athlete, whether it's as a superstar. Yeah. We don't often talk about mental health openly. And I think now that stigma is sort of being lifted where yesterday or two days ago, uh, Gregory van der Wiel, who used to play for PSG, PSG. and also for Holland, mm. he wrote an entire article about how he suffers from panic attacks and he put that on it on his instagram and it got hundreds of thousands of likes and shares and whatever else it's important for people to share if you're suffering from it to share it so that other people also know that they're not the only ones mm. right and this is especially important in sports now yeah using your kind your platform to be able to to get that message out there is where social media does have its strength its powers you know like we, we talk about superpowers but for example Gregor Van Veel speaking about that is so important for the younger generation to be able to see that because then they're able to talk about it openly rather than waiting till it's too late prevention over cure yeah I completely agree it's super one it's super inspiring mm -hmm. and it's admirable when when a superstar athlete opens up about a topic that you're not supposed to feel as a superstar athlete mm. right yeah um, but yeah no you're 100% right they, they, they're there to set an example and they have the platform to do so um, coming up next we're going to talk to um, we're going to talk to Stefan about something that actually uh, Maria was telling me about she said you got to ask him about finance you got to ask about investment now, Maria is obviously into investment so she would obviously ask that question but I'm going to pick his brain on it because I know for a fact I wouldn't know what to do once I'm done with my football career and I'd probably want to come and see Stefan about all the good advice coming up on the only place to be at three the halftime show on pulse 95 this is the halftime show with Omar Panduri on pulse 95 oh he loves the pilot what a goal this is the halftime show with Omar Alduri on pulse 95 nice strike oh better than nice wonderful <laughs> 
sure is that time. It's the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, Camille Everything Sport International Local. If you're just tuning in and kicking yourself for not being here on time, don't worry. You can catch us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, SoundCloud, and Anrami. Or if you prefer a visual, head over to the YouTube Pulse95 Radio, and we are there. Super Mario and Gabby do their best here in the Pulse95 team to get you everything edited, cut, defined, shaped up, and everything to make us look good on the YouTube. Um, Stefan is here. Stefan Muller, welcome to the show, my man. Thank you. Thank you, my man. You know what? I kind of had a feeling this was going to fly by, and uh, and it is, so let's get straight into it. Now, a couple of things when athletes do you know, wrap up their careers, there's always this question of what are they going to do next? One of those things is investing. Sometimes end up being great investments, sometimes end up being awful investments. How do, how do you see that from your point of view, having helped a lot of people? So the way that we look at this is threefold. Mm-hmm. And I'll start with the non-direct investment piece. Yeah. So one would be helping athletes set up their own business, mm-hmm. right? Which is an investment in and of itself, whether it's your own money or whether it's someone else's, but it's, it's your time and effort. So helping athletes set up their own businesses in, in fields that they're passionate about so that when they finish mm-hmm. playing football, they have their own baby to focus on. So, right. so that's one thing that we help with. The second thing would be working with brands in a slightly different way. Right. So you have, you know, me working with, or football player X working with brand Y, mm-hmm. and they do a campaign, they get a check, and it's done. What we say is work with the brand and take a piece of equity in the company, right? So now all of a sudden you own 2% of a company. Mm -hmm. Work with the brand and revenue share on the product that you create with them. Because then by the time you retire, now all of a sudden you're part owner in a company, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So that you can rely on that sort of cash coming in. And then finally is actual investments, Right. right? You're making $10 million a year, allocate X amount per year to high growth investments. Mm-hmm. And, um, and and those are sort of the three things that we focus on. And if you do those three things well during your career, you have nothing to worry about by the time you retire and after that. See, when I think about footballers that have made the right decisions, I think of one in particular who some people might have forgotten about, Matthew Flamini. Yeah. What, what did he do? Tell me about <laughs> what he did. He's... So one, I am not uh, very, very familiar with with what he did. Uh I just know that one, he was extremely clever. Like he is an extremely clever guy and he's extremely passionate about about the right things. He's very passionate about the environment. Uh, So the companies that he worked with are are sort of in the sustainability uh, sector. Yeah. But he's just made a lot of good business decisions, you know, and, and he and now he's sort of thriving after after his career at Arsenal and AC Milan yes yeah. it was AC Milan because him turning up on Forbes turning up on all these big magazines as one of the most successful um, businessmen is that the right, is that yeah. right, right time to say yeah, yeah, investors yeah. Yeah. entrepreneurs is remarkable because as a player he was a bit more quiet as a personality um, he didn't perhaps stand out but he was someone that was always known for his work ethic so seeing how his transition into the business world maybe has inspired other people whilst you see some people getting carried away with their money and, and putting all this money out there it's, it's remarkable like because one, one, what happens is when people make the wrong investments and they've come out of sport then it starts to affect them mentally then they start to crawl up we heard about Emmanuel Abue we heard about how things didn't go the right way for him because all of a sudden there, there was no money anymore talk to me about 
how important it is to be able to pick yourself up again because they wouldn't want to take a chance on businesses after that once their careers dipped how would you see that coming from your point of view as an advisor as someone who advises athletes and gets them in the right path so you're talking about like when things go wrong yes how do you pick yourself up after that yes oh that's a very good question because we've had this we've had this a couple of times now where bad investments have been made um bad choices might have been made by you know by themselves or by the people around them mm. and and it's important listen it's like anything in life right it, it doesn't necessarily just apply to athletes it applies to all of us when yes. we make a bad decision and we suffer yes the only way to bounce back is to bounce back mm. like the only way to uh, to stand back up is to stand back up and and hold your head high and, and basically start believing and start trusting again but never making the same mistake again yeah and and i think that's very important and, and one way to do that in the field that we're from or that we're in is to surround yourself with people that know exactly what they're doing um, that are trustworthy and that are not going to hustle you because mm. that's just it's happening too often in football yeah and it's funny when we were introducing you onto the show uh, our favorites uh, Omniya Saleh and Hani Balqis uh, called you uh, or, or actually identified you as similar to the baller show do you get that a lot? yeah we get that a lot <laughs> like usually when I speak to people and I explain to them what we do yeah. my partners and I they're like oh it's the same as ballers and I'm like I should have just led with do you guys know ballers and then it's not <laughs> as flashy like it's a very Hollywood show and it's, yeah. and it's a different sport and whatever else but conceptually there's similarities yeah uh, well that, this is a question from Hatem right now ask me have you watched Ballers Dwayne Johnson yes Hatem that's exactly what we're referring to actually he probably asked that question before I asked you that question which shows great minds think alike shout out to my boy um, dinner with Flo aka known as Florin all the way tuned in from uh, New York and Adil from New Jersey and Debo from Florida as well and we're going to be right back after the break I'm going to play you some storms and we'll be right back after this this is pulse 95 tune in live every monday wednesday and saturday from 3 p.m oh he loves the fire what a goal this is the halftime show with omar adori on pulse 95 nice strike Welcome back to the Halftime Show with Omar Duri. I'm your host, coming everything sport, international, local. We are approaching the end of the show. It's almost full time here, but we've had a great time with Stefan Muller. But before we let him go, we've got a couple of questions coming in. So I'm going to shoot them his way. Uh, Almas, uh, one of my youngest resetters, asks, how do youth athletes come up, coming up, choose the right agent? What do you think? What do I think? Yeah. I think the parents play a big role in that because the the young athletes aren't allowed to speak to just random people. So I think, um, like for example, with Almas, uh, her mom plays a huge role in her life. Her dad also does as well. But I mean, her mom, you know, is, is on it, like even with social media and everything. So I think not everyone has what Almas has in terms of the support system. But I think we're not exposed to that. So for example, when I was playing at college, I would hear that there's agents coming to watch, but I wouldn't know who's coming to watch. So I don't know anything behind the background, you know. Um, but asking you, having been someone who, who's advised athletes, what do you think? I think, firstly, it comes down to track record. Mm -hmm. Like if you were looking at specific agents, 
you need to understand who have they worked with already, what have they done for those people, and can you talk to those people? Right? I think conversation is, is crucial, and doing your research properly is crucial as well, because it's very easy for someone to come to you over-promise and under-deliver. Yeah. Right? It's very easy for someone to come to you and be like, hey, I'm going to give you I'm going to give you the world and as a young aspiring athlete you might be like oh my god amazing mm. um, and then that doesn't happen so I think doing your research yeah. understanding the track record um, getting people that you trust involved and for young athletes this could definitely be parents or brothers, sisters, best friends, etc. Yeah. And and having open conversations. There's no real mechanism in place to do this, right? Because mm. it's essentially coming down to trusting the person that's in front of you. Yeah. Um, but I would say track record is the main thing. So you know who came to my mind having watched this person grow up who recently had a documentary about him, Nicholas Anelka. So when he left Arsenal to go to Real Madrid for 23 million, um, his family, his brothers, uh, a lot of people were portrayed in the media as parasites and people who didn't do good for him. However, as a talented kid who came from PSG at 17 at Arsenal for 500,000, Wenger had chosen this player based on his ability. Now his brothers came with him as his agents. Now when Real Madrid come knocking at the door and you've won the league and you've done all these great things and now you're representing France, there was so much politics that forced him out of that situation, but also what kind of advice he was getting. So it may not have been the athlete's problem or the footballer's problem. It might have been his support system. But this is where I like what Almas asked because we don't know what goes on behind the scenes. You do because you've worked with them. But we don't know who is making the right decision for the player versus the right decision for the agent. And, And this is where kind of for me, it also comes down to where the player's mindset is at depending on what age they're at. Now, when it comes to mindset and when it comes to players, they are exposed to so much so young. So they don't know what's normal when you get to a certain age. Um, when we think of the superstars that have hit the world and, and absolutely turned it around down, it's taken away a bit of their childhood. You yeah. know, um, What comes to your mind when I say that in terms of athletes? What, do they, what does go through their mind? What are they exposed to? I mean, just taking it back a second, when you spoke about Anelka and his family being portrayed as parasites, I think one thing that's very important for everyone to know is that 99% of the time, you know, your your parents and your brother and your sister and, and everyone that's kind of come up with you wants the best for you, mm. right? They, they want you to succeed and... Obviously, they're protective and and they want to guard you from whatever's out there. But they might not have the resources to do so effectively. And this is where agents come in. This is where talent management comes in. This is where guys like us come in to say, you know what, family, stay involved, right? Like, you matter that that you're here. It's important that you're here. Um, But there's certain things that we bring to the table as experts Mm -hmm. in order to to help the person grow on a personal level, on a financial level, on an impact level. I don't think we really touched on this yet, but like looking at the players that we work with and, and the clubs that we work with and their platforms, mm. they can have so much impact in not just a, you know, I'm going to work with brand X and with this, but also on a charity and a cause level. Right. They can really help change the world. Mm. And you see this with guys like Marcus Rashford today. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What is he, 22? Yes. You know, and, and what he's doing... And MBE. And but that's what goes where he's come from. Yeah. Right? He he had like this is something that he has to do. Yeah. Um and, and it's players like that that I admire and, 
and really take my hat off to. Hmm. I had to ask the question, how does a person get into becoming an agent? Or an advisor. So yeah, we're not agents, mm-hmm. um, and and I think for for every sort of country and every sport, it, it's it's very different. You need uh, you need to get certified, or you don't need to get certified. I think it really depends what sport and and, and uh, what sport you're in and which country you're in. Yeah, um, I want to ask you, uh, Stefan. You got a lot of things coming up, obviously. Where do we follow you? Where do we keep track? You have a podcast as well, I believe. Yes. Okay. So personal Instagram is Stefan Runs DXB. My podcast, which is basically focused on providing people with the tools and resources to become the best version of themselves. Yeah. This is it's called the Forever Student Show. So Forever Student Show on Instagram as well. And um, and yeah, I'm I'm very active on it. So if people want to reach out, ask me questions whatever it is I'm, I'm available amazing amazing thank you very much for being part of the show man it flew by I can't believe it went so fast <laughs> we kind of had a feeling that would that would be the case uh, remember guys the Sharjah Book Fair is happening at the moment now incredible uh, it's a great time to be in Sharjah and also we've got some great guests coming on the show Thea is going to be on the show um, a UAE skater uh, under 12 as well making making big things happen she's coming on on Saturday i got to give Stefan um, a big big thank you thank you for coming on the show Thank man. you for having me. I appreciate and, uh, it. And remember, guys, if you have missed the show, you can catch us on the podcast, Apple, Spotify, SoundCloud, or even head over to the YouTube, Pulse95 Radio. Gabby and Super Mario will be uploading that video very, very soon. I hope you've enjoyed the so- show as much as I have, and I can't wait to see you guys soon. Have a great day. Aisha Mazmi and Mikhail Atiyah are right up after this on the afternoon, Karak, and I'll see you on Saturday. Peace and love, guys. This is the Halftime Show with Omar Adouri. 95. 95.